All right, you're listening to Ghost Town. Welcome back, folks. If you're coming back, if you're new, welcome as well. Those are the specials in the background. We featured them last week. You actually got to hear this song uh, unedited by me if you uh, were tuned in. Today is kind of a, a fun one. We've got a, If you're a Nashville local, uh, playing two bands today, they're actually going to be performing here in Nashville. Um, this one I'm starting with tomorrow night at the Mercy, the Mercy Lounge in the, the Cannery Compound of all compounds. But yes, they're an English post-punk group formed in 1977 in Leeds. And uh, the original members were singer John King, guitarist Andy Gill, bass player Dave Allen, and drummer Hugo Burnham. Uh, their music's been described as a stripped-down mix of punk rock, funk, and dub, with an emph on the social and political ills of society. I'm going to get right into it. What do we got up first? Uh, yes, their first single, released as an on an EP of uh, three tracks. This first track's called Damaged Goods. This is Gang of Four. You're listening to Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. <laughs>
Well, I am very excited to be here today with Andy Gill. Of course, Gang of Four formed in 1977, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about kind of the uh, the climate in Britain at the time. We've interviewed a lot of folks, uh, uh, Steve Diggle from the Buzzcocks, a lot of folks from the kind of classic punk rock era in Britain. And, um, you know, 77 was such a crucial year for so many bands forming. Uh, a lot of people got inspired by seeing the Sex Pistols or the Ramones. For you guys back in the day, I mean, what was the, the catalyst that, that sparked the creation of Gang of Four? There was a sort of catalyst for uh, John King and I went to New York in 76 and um, slept on the couches around at Mary Harron's house. Mary Harron is more known now for directing a film called I Shot Andy Warhol and uh, American Psycho. But back then she was, she was a journalist and a writer for both for English papers and for New York music papers and stuff. So she was a brilliant, um, she was a brilliant guide for us. So we were in '76 New York. So she'd be taking us down to CBGBs, and you sort of, you know, standing at the bar, you'd be sort of having a drink with Joe Ramone, John Cale, and and you thought, God, you know, this is quite extraordinary. And um, if they can do it, then we can do it. No. And that's something I go on a catch. <laughs> I'm to control what I do. 
appeal to everyone I'm thinking there but sunshades for the blind has all kind of Only yesterday love. I said to myself also, The things I'm anyone. doing aren't but good for my health And I feel like a beetle on its back to Go along with what and the belief no that love is deep and everyone's
That's Gang of Four off their debut LP, Entertainment. And before that, you heard Anthrax, also Damaged Goods. The uh, debut single for the band, I have mentioned before, it was off of an EP with uh, two other tracks. The version I actually played for all you nerdheads, such as myself, was off of Entertainment. The LP version, and uh, yeah, which uh, they released, by the way, in 1979, September of that year. And it was on the EMI label in the UK and Warner Brothers in the US. And you can hear the influence of, uh, you know, punk incorporated with funk, reggae, and dub. Very similar to other uh, post-punk bands of that era. Um, But they definitely, uh, they produced their own albums, at least in the early days, and uh, have definitely gone on to influence funk rock. If you're into it, I like it in its raw form, just like this. And uh, once again, I'll keep mentioning this. They're playing, uh, this is Gang of Four playing tomorrow night in Nashville at the Mercy Lounge. Door 6.30, show at 7.30. Um, I should also mention that uh, The Faint is headlining. (laughs) I'm just not featuring them on this uh, show right now. And I believe there's another uh, local opener too. So that's all starting at 7.30 tomorrow night, Central Time, Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to keep it going with Gang of Four for a little while here. Still on their debut, Entertainment. This is Naturals Not In It. You're listening to Radio Free Nashville, right in the middle of Ghost Town, baby.
for our peer pressure segment, and my guest is Hugo Burnham. Was your trip to the U.S. with Gang of Four the first time you'd been in New York? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, it was my first trip to the U.S. Mm. John and Andrew had been uh, been to New York a couple of years before. They got a grant um, from Leeds University Art Department to go and study medieval architecture in uh, wow. in Europe, and uh, went to New York and hung out at CBGBs on the grant. Wait, and that's medi- that that qualifies as medieval architecture? Uh, yeah, clearly. CBGBs. If you've ever been in there, you'd know. Yes. It certainly smelled like medieval. Right. What did you expect when you came to New York, and how did it compare to the audiences? Well, how did your U.S. trips compare to, to what we're used to in the U.K.? I don't know. Uh, everyone just loved it and drank a lot and made lots of noise and screamed and danced and shouted. It was all very good. Um <laughs> I think when we first came to the States, there was a lot of reaction at first was, I think people were very surprised by the ferocity and aggression of the way we, the way we played. I think they were expecting something a little more shoegazing and a little more self-absorbed and serious. I mean, we were serious, but I think we were louder and uh, more full of energy than they might have been expecting.
the version of damaged goods that's on the fast product record, the mutant pop. Yep. How did that record come about? Uh, well, uh, our very good and dear friends, the Mekons, um, ended up uh, getting um, a show opening for a band called the Rizillos, right. who um, had a couple of great hits time in England. Um, uh, that was in Leeds. Uh, it was at the F Club or something. And um, the Rizillos loved them, and their manager said, oh, you should come and make a record with us. You, wanna, you know, we got a little label with us. You should do it. And they all said, are you mad? You want the Gang of Four, not us. They're the real band. But, uh, oh. They said, no, so the Mekons were the first record on Fast Product. And I think the Scars and then the Human League and then Bob Last gave in to all the pressure, and uh, Gang of Four did a record with them. And that Damaged Goods EP that also had um, Love Like Anthrax and Arm Like Rifle on it, that really became the calling card that uh, got us a sort of a huge jump in attention leading to our record deals with, well, our record deal with Warner, uh, with EMI in London for the rest of the world. And the, uh, we didn't sign for America. Um, we came to tour right after we'd recorded Entertainment in early 79. And we came out on a tour that we sort of self-financed ourselves off the back of well, not the money we earned from. We didn't earn a penny from the EP, but it was self-financed. Ian Copeland of FBI. Oh, yeah. Over, and we did four or five weeks. Um, six of those shows were opening for the Buzzcocks, who were on their first U.S. tour. Just six of us came from the band, our manager, Rob, my brother, Jolyon, um, uh, as the crew guy. You know, we shared beds and worked our way around the country, and uh, that got us our deal with Warner Brothers. And so entertainment was then released in January of uh, 1980 in the United States. One, one, two,
You're listening to Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. What's happening? Uh, right in the middle of a gang of four block. Pretty sweet. I'm having fun. This is like a dance party in here. You should see all the people that aren't in here with me. Although I got my imaginaries, I always have them. That's right. Oh yeah, we're listening to several tracks, and I've got uh, at least, what, one more? How many do I got? Yeah, I got one more off of Entertainment. This is the debut LP you're listening to by Gang of Four, post-punk band out of uh, Leeds in England. That's across the pond. The other side, start swimming, buddy. You'll get there. You'll get there. Uh, this album was ranked 490 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time they landed they just made it 10 in that's pretty good and uh in 20 in 2012 the album ranked at number 483 on a revisited list by the magazine so it's been updated respect has been gained how about that it's all the influence i'm telling you all right i'm gonna keep it going one more track off of entertainment here this is uh contract and then uh, i'll start playing some more gang of four off their second lp stay tuned to do was to have grooves and funk it felt like having to build a new language from from scratch because nobody was really doing that you know using the guitar 
in, in a you know it's like a noise generating machine and then combining that with kind of uh grooves and rhythm and uh, that was what gang of four i think has always been about in me musically yeah and so unique at the time. I mean, that, that style wasn't necessarily always embraced, the, uh, incorporating elements of, of dub, funk, uh, sort of danceability into a, uh, a somewhat sort of political narrative. I mean, that, that was really unique back then. And I, as we found uh, in America, people got it more than they did anywhere else, which is an interesting thing. And I kind of often wonder about that. Um, here in America, of course, you had the funk, the, the disco. Um, however, at, at times derided, that was as an art form. I mean, maybe a little bit more um, sensibilities towards uh, danceable music, perhaps. Upbeat or... Yeah, yeah that, that, that could be... Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think the sort of... The, the liking for, for groove, you know, is um, maybe more American than it is British. Possibly, I don't know. But also, most of the bands that I grew up listening to, a lot of them were American. You know, a lot of them were American artists. Whether it was James Brown or Jimi Hendrix or, or the Stax record.
What We All Want. That's the Gang of Four off their second LP, Solid Gold, right in the middle of Ghost Town. I'm in Nashville, at least the backyard of. I'm just around back. Um, let's see. Solid Gold, the second LP. Let's see. Van Goss of the Village Voice Review said, Gang of Four embody a new category in pop which illuminates all the others because the motor of their aesthetic is not a personal creative vision. How about that? And uh, Dave, <laughs> and Dave Allen had left in 1981 and had been briefly replaced by Busta Cherry Jones, a sometime player with, uh, let's see, Parliament, Brian Eno, Talking Heads. And uh, after working with Gang of Four to complete their North American tour obligations, uh, he left and uh, started work with the Rolling Stones and was replaced by Sarah Lee, who was Robert Fripp's bassist in the League of Gentlemen. All right, going to keep it going with Solid Gold. Here's another track for you. You're listening to Ghost Town.
Last year, we did a couple of big tours in America, and going all over, and we recorded a gig that we did in New York, and then when we got back to the UK, we recorded um, a gig in London. Then I started um, working on it, mixing it, um, and uh, so doing that, getting ready, that, that's going to come out in September. Uh, and I've started working on some tinkering around with some new bits and pieces, bit new songs, and I've got a, I've got a lot of sort of ideas and demos stacked up, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll get that recorded. Pe- people do want to hear, you know, the, some some of the early stuff from from entertainment, the early days, and and I'm I enjoy playing it. I'm you know I'm. I don't have a, any problem with, with playing the old stuff. Even if it's been done, you know, hundreds of times, I'm quite happy to play that. And, but, and, and then doing newer songs is is really interesting, and, and how they sort of fit together is quite interesting. You know, and we, we deliberately put them something that was, that's only been that's only a couple of years old. We've got to stick that next to something from 1979 or 1978 or something. And it's interesting the way they kind of work together. Thank you. 
uh, the Republic, that's Gang of Four off their second LP, Solid Gold. Also off that record before that, Cheeseburger, and Outside the Trains Don't Run on Time. And that's going to wrap it up for Gang of Four today. They went on to do some more stuff, but time is of the essence. Make sure you go check them out if you're in Nashville tomorrow. They're playing at the Mercy Lounge uh, with The Faint, and that starts at 7.30. So check that out. Also playing in town is this next band I'm going to be featuring here on Ghost Town. And uh, they're playing, uh, let's see, Monday the 17th of October. That's going to be at Marathon Music Works. They're an English rock band formed in Liverpool in 1978. Original lineup included vocalist Ian McCulloch, guitarist Will Sargent, and bass player Les Pattinson. Those guys were supplemented by a drum machine, but uh, by 1980, Pete DeFreitas joined as the band's drummer, and uh, they released their debut album in 1980 called Crocodiles, which went to the top 20 of the UK albums chart. Here's Echo and the Bunny Men.
WRFNLP Pasquo. You're right in the middle of an echo in the Bunnymen block. I used to say that we were a rock band just because people wanted me to say that we weren't a rock band. They wanted me to say that we were something more important. So I used to say we're just a rock band. Well, I don't think we are anymore.
Over the Wall, you're listening to Echo and the Bunny Men right in the middle of Ghost Town. And uh, that's uh, Over the Wall off of the second album, Heaven Up Here, uh, released by Echo and the Bunny Men in May of 1981, and also became uh, their first top 10 release when it reached number 10 on the UK albums chart. And it was also the band's first entry into the US when it reached 184 spot on the Billboard Top 200. Just made it. 16 in. That's good enough. And uh, let's see. Going to keep it going. One more off of Heaven Up Here. And then I'm going to go right into Porcupine, the uh, the first landmark album. Although, I got to say, Heaven Up Here might be my favorite. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. I've got one more off of that. Here's A Promise. I'm Creepy Steve. I really hope you're enjoying yourself. <laughs> Yeah. 
stopping, blood chopping up my stopping thoughts. Self doubt and selfism were the cheapest things I ever bought. When you said to love, to win the back of
Listen to Echo and the Bunny Men, and uh, I'm Creepy Steve. What's happening? That was the Cutter off Porcupine, their uh, third release. And before that, I played. What did I play? I don't know what the heck I played. Oh yeah, Back of Love, an amazing single. It did very well. This uh, album was released in February of 1983, and became the band's highest charting release when it reached number two on the UK Albums Chart. Uh, despite initially receiving poor reviews, actually, and uh, reached number 137 on the American Billboard 200, number 85 on the Canadian RPM 100 albums, and number 24 on the Swedish chart. How about that? Lots of charts. And uh, you heard the two singles off that. And uh, let me think about this. Yeah, I'm going to play a single uh, from 1983. This is a non-album single. And then we're going to get right into the next album, Ocean Rain. Make sure you check out Echo and the Bunny Men. If you're a Nashville local, they're going to be in town playing at Marathon Music Works on Monday, October 17th. That's coming up here, uh, gosh, a week from tomorrow? Is that right? Sure enough. And again, of course, uh, Gang of Four at the uh, Mercy Lounge tomorrow night, 7.30, with the faint headlining. Make sure you check it out. All right, continuing with Echo and the Bunny Men, here is Never Stop.
it's a sound powerful I think you get you can buy particular amplifiers and guitars that give a definite sound and it will sound powerful but uh, I prefer to see a group or to be a group that sounds strong because it there's something innate in what they do that is strength. Yeah. 
Silver. That's Echo and the Bunny Man off of uh, their fourth studio album, Ocean Rain. And uh, you also heard The Killing Moon in there, another huge success story for singles. Uh, they released this album in May of 1984, and it reached number four on the UK albums chart and number 87 on US's Billboard Top 200. Uh, the band wrote the songs for the new album in 1983. And in early 1984, they recorded most of it in Paris using a 35-piece orchestra and uh, with other sessions taking place in Bath and Liverpool. I have one more track off of Ocean Rain and a few more for uh, Echo and the Bunnymen. Make sure you stay tuned. You're listening to Ghost Town with Creepy Steve. And uh, let's see at the top of the hour. Make sure you stay tuned for Radio Free Nashville's weekend premiere. Premiere? That's not the word. I don't know. I'm 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 mumbling. Yeah. RFN weekend. And uh we're gonna keep it going, Echo and the Bunny Men. This is uh Seven Seas off of Ocean Rain. Oh, so it's seven 
you think Louis brought to to your music, Louis Lapin? Because the, the sound of playing on the dancing horses is quite different. I think so. Yeah. In England, everyone's saying that it's not that different and they're surprised that we should come back after such a long time with a song which is so similar to what we were doing before. So it's nice that you should say it is different, I think. Because it is different, I think. But it's not that different. Mm -hmm. I think he... Uh, I don't know. He made it very precise. Sounds good on the radio. Yeah, I think so. Which our songs quite often... Well, they always sound good, but they, it sounds powerful.
Let's bring on the dancing horses, Zecco and the Bunny Men. Uh, it's a 1985 non-LP single, and uh, we're about to wrap up their block here. I've got one more track for you from Echo and his Bunny Men. His or her, I hasn't been confirmed yet. Um, this uh, album was released in 1987. Uh, it was initially recorded with uh, ex-ABC drummer David Palmer, but then uh, DeFreitas returned in 1986 and they re-recorded the whole thing. Uh, eventually released it in 1987 and it sold very well uh, in the UK. It was number four and a small American hit. Uh, their only LP to have significant sales here, really. Um, this is a big uh, hit across the ocean, both sides. And uh, let's see here. Yep. Lips Like Sugar, ready to go. You're listening to Ghost Town.
Make sure you check out Echo and the Bunnymen uh, Monday, October 17th. They're playing at Marathon Music Works here in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, let's see, I've got uh, I've got some time. My blocks ended earlier than I had planned, which is cool, because I'm going to play a Talking Heads track that I didn't get the, the chance to do um, a couple weeks ago. This is uh, from Remain in Light. And I'm going to go ahead and play this. Right now, Born Under Punches, Talking Heads.
here i'm creepy steve about to sign off i'm gonna play one more for you see if we can squeeze it in probably have to fade it out short uh because uh matt the pm's coming in here for rfn weekend so make sure you stay tuned for that he'll be cranking out a nice medley of hits from all across the span of time and space he's got it covered three-dimensional and uh probably beyond that if we could only know this is a uh, one last Talking Heads track. Yeah, I'm going to have to fade this out early, but that's cool. We'll get some of it in. Uh, this is New Feeling off of their 1977 debut. Um, I will not be here next week. It'll be on auto. Also, not the following. Another auto experience. But I'll see you back in a few weeks. And uh, 
appreciate you for all that you do. Peace. Thank you.